just so you know. I know, I know. You're being fucking recorded, bro. All right? You got to know these things. Shut up. Top of the game. All right, I'm going to shut up now. In five, four, three, two. All right, guys, welcome back to yet another edition of Native MMA Radio. Here we are to be breaking down UFC 243. Adesanya vs. Costa is in the books, and Israel Adesanya continues to make his claim as one of the greatest middleweights of all time, getting closer and closer to that Anderson Silver record. Goodness gracious, man. Did he put on a one-sided performance against Costa? In my opinion, I think Adesanya is the greatest middleweight that we've seen. And he's definitely, I think, the greatest middleweight striker we've ever seen. Uh, before we jump into this, though, I want to remind you guys, my name is Randall, folks. This is Waleed Kandusi. He is my co-host. And we are Native MMA Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just Native MMA Radio on all of those three channels. And we push out as much content as possible. Like I said, here's our breakdown for Adesanya versus Costa. Man, for you, what was the highlight of Adesanya's performance? Uh, listen, uh, Izzy's performance was was amazing. It was flawless. Yes. He was serious. He took the fights seriously. He wasn't joking around. Leg kicks early, not taking risks. And when he had the chance to to hit. Costa to the face. He, he did. He did good. His kicks were amazing. I actually knew. I actually knew that Easy was going to win at some point where there was a jab that actually hit Costa right in the face, and it was an easy jab. Like not easy, but you know what I mean. Like he should yeah, not be hit by, by that jab. Exactly. So and at that point, I knew like. If Easy can hit you with this jab, like you're you're done. <laughs> like you're yeah. done. There's if he no can hit you with a very easy, effortless jab when he's actually trying, you can imagine what he could do to you. Yeah. So those uh, question mark kicks. Those yeah. late kicks, though, man. I, I don't know how is. I don't know how sorry Paulo was even standing after the first round. I think it was like 15 or 18, right, right around that range of late kicks. I mean, just crazy. Izzy literally put on a hell of a performance. And then not to be overshadowed by what Izzy did, let's talk about Jan. Polish power man goes in there. After being a middleweight, having a losing record at middleweight, switching to light heavyweight, going in on a a rampage, beating the who's who of that division, and then winning the title, man, uh, I couldn't be more happier for him. I'm super disappointed for Dominic Reyes. I feel like he was cheated out of that John Jones fight. Now he might not see another title fight for at least three or four fights. Well, this is what we talked about last week when I told you I don't know what's the mindset that Dominic Reyes will will have for this fight. And I didn't, I don't think, I really don't think we've seen the best Dominic Reyes, the one who fought against John Jones in this fight. Like, kudos to Blakovich because his performance was good and the dude have power. The dude can knock out sure. anyone. But that wasn't the best Dominic Reyes. No, for sure. And the one thing about Reyes is I feel like he was waiting to get going. Maybe he was waiting, you know, for the championship rounds to really put his pedal to the metal. But all it needed was two rounds for Jan Blakovich to knock him out. The huge, important body kicks that he was hitting him with in the first round. Crazy. Uh, We go into those two fights a little later on in the show, though. Let's talk about, let's start at the early prelims, like always. Talk about Kadius and Bogbamov versus Danilio Marquise. These two guys making their UFC debut in the light heavyweight division i know you like to start with heavyweights 
we got the light heavyweights this time. Round one, Marquez makes his UFC debut. Looked pretty good in round one for not fighting for almost two years. I think it's a long layoff, but he looked really good. Grappling uh, a game plan was really his path to victory. He was able to take Ibrugamov back at the end of the round. And it seemed like, you know, once he got into the ground, he was just really dominant and was able to do whatever he wanted to do, really. Marquez, yeah. in my opinion, won uh, the first round 10-9. Round two, Marquez, again, was able to dominate the grappling department he held a dominant position for most of the round. Ibra Grimov needed uh, to set up his punches. Instead of just throwing him recklessly, uh, it was a situation where he was literally just, like, hooking overhand rights and, like, telegraphing uppercuts. Like, it was like I, th- I thought I was boxing. That's how bad it looked. Marquez, though, pulls out that round, 20 to 18. Round three, uneventful round for both of them. Both of them looked really tired. Uh, Ibra Migoff. Threatened with a guillotine for a split second, but he was able to get swept. And Marquez held a dominant position for the rest of the round. Marquez won that round and the fight, 30-27 in my opinion. The decisions gave it to Danilo Marquez, winning by unanimous decision. Uh, Back and forth fight, super uneventful towards the end. Wasn't that banger we were hoping for, you know, to start off the card? It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a banger. At some point, maybe it it was even a, a little bit sloppy. Yeah, as a fight, but uh, it is what it is. It wasn't like the best fight to start, maybe. Like I think a little bit of the sloppiness comes from Marquez being off for two years. I mean, that's a long layoff. Yeah, and yeah. Th- to make your UFC debut as well, so you know, not only do you have the layoff, the ring rust, but you have the jitters for being your UFC debut. All those things kind of accumulated into accumulated into one. And uh, but he was able to squeak out a victory, and it, he looked, you know, dominant on the ground doing so. Yeah, I agree with you. His uh, grappling was definitely gave him the, the, the win. Yeah, for sure. Juan Espino versus Jeff Hughes in the heavyweight division. Here we go, getting your heavyweights in it. Round one, Juan Espino looked great. He used his striking to eventually work a takedown and then just yeah. ragdoll Jeff Hughes the entire time. He eventually gets him in a scarf hold and taps him out. Juan Espino submits Jeff Hughes three minutes and 48 seconds into the first round. What a beautiful performance by him. Again, another guy taking a long laugh. He hasn't fought since he won the Ultimate Fighter, and that was forever and a half ago. But he looked really good in this, and it really has to put the heavyweight division on notice. You got a guy who's very dominant, dominant grappler. Yeah, and there's not a lot of them in this division. And uh, great game plan to take the fight early to the ground because uh, if they were keeping it standing, I feel like Jeff Hughes would have maybe a lot of chances to actually win this fight. So Juan Espino took the fight to the ground and and did it uh, in the first round. So, yeah. Yeah, the one thing, too, is his striking is, you know, very underrated. I think a lot of people overlook it because how good his grappling is. But he really got those takedowns based on, you know, being able to just freely throw those overhand rights. Like, he, he threw them with reckless abandonment. I want to give Jeff Hughes props. So he did everything in his power to stay on his feet. Like, the dude was literally fighting yeah. for his life out there. It was just when there, there's completely different levels to this. And Juan Espino is clearly on a completely different level when it comes to the grappling. When you're a better grappler in this heavyweight division, don't take the risk at all to strike because anyone can knock any, anybody anybody out. So if you're the dominant grappler, just take it to the ground and uh, dominate. 100%. In the regular prelims, those were the early prelims, those last two fights. So yeah. regular prelims, William Knight takes on an Alexa Kumar in the 
light heavyweight division. Uh, William Knight just winning his UFC contract on Dana White Contender Series his last season. Alexa Comer, obviously the training partner of Stipe Miocic. Round one, Comer comes out, pushes Knight up against the fence for most of the round controlling that position when they did strike though nike was getting the better of kumar 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 10-9 in the first round round two this round starts off the same with kumar pushing knight up against the fence this time knight was able to work his offense and score two big takedowns from that position knight controlled kumar for the last 90 seconds of the round threatening with a huge key lock as the round comes to an end, this one tidy up the fight. 19-19 round three. William Knight looks good again. This round gets another two takedowns and controls come for a nice ground and pound for most of the round. Knight winning this round and the fight. 29-28 the decision. William Knight beats Alexa Cormer by unanimous decision. It was a really good debut for William Knight. I expected obviously fireworks we didn't quite get those but we were able to see that he has you know a gas tank he's able to go those 15 minutes and he fights really smart yeah and only one actually only one judge saw it 29 28 the, the two others saw it 30 27 for night so uh pretty dominant performance i would say maybe in one round maybe there's a little bit of a question mark but overall it's a clear win for him yeah he looked very good uh just really like a raw specimen like dude dude's power is just crazy he's built like a brick shit house i mean uh, i'm really excited to see what he could do in that light heavyweight division yeah 100 percent. the next fun sh- the next fight shane young takes on a Levitt klein Levitt is making his ufc debut he actually missed weight in this featherweight bout round one both guys come out filling each other out then Klein hit, uh, lands this huge combo, starting with a jab, following up with a left head kick, lands a clean right uppercut, followed by a lightning-fast left hook, knocking out Shane Young. Levitt Klein knocks out Shane Young one minute and 16 seconds into the first round, making good on his UFC debut, losing a little bit in his purse. You know, Izzy brought up the fact that we should be taking more from these guys when they're missing weight, and they wouldn't, you know, be so willing to forfeit that money if, you know, it was a sub- Mantial, substantial amount of money. Izzy was talking like 80%. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure about that because, uh, but uh, let's talk about the fight by itself. Listen, his, his nickname is Mr. Highlight, and that was a highlight, highlight. finish. Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was a great performance. Now, if we're talking about how money, how much money should be taken of you if you miss weight, uh, I don't know. At first, they, they didn't even have that at first, right? They didn't even get uh, like 50% of their of their purse, if I'm if I'm not wrong. Uh, I believe, unless it was like the early days, that's yeah. always been a thing. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Do they want to change it? You think Easy wants to change it? I don't know. Maybe maybe they should. Maybe they should. It, it'll deter guys from wanting to, you know. Just because, like Izzy said, there was, a, you know, 90 minutes for him to go in there and try to cut the weight. He just blatantly refused and just said, you know, fuck it, I'll fight heavy. Yeah, at this point, I kind but of But Shane agree. Young as well has the opportunity to turn down the fight. Exactly. So, but if he turned out, the, this is what, how crazy the MMA world is. If you turn out the fight, you will be like, look out. You, yes. People will look at you like you're a pussy and, and that exactly. you don't want to fight. Well, this is professional thing, so... 100%. Yeah. Diego Sanchez versus Jake Matthews next in the welterweight division. Round one, you can tell from the beginning, Diego is clearly the slower fighter. Jake's landing at will and really controlling the striking exchanges 
Although in typical Diego fashion, he's rushing in and throwing a lot. Jake scores a takedown at the end of the round, rocks Diego at the bell. Matthews 10-9 in that first round. Round two, Matthews again leading the striking exchanges, landing in very early in the exchanges. And he lands first in all the exchanges too, which was, you know, super important. Obviously, it was able to help him get off with his combos. But I think just stunning Diego, that initial jab, and then working his hook and his, you know, straight from there really was a deciding factor in that round. Every time Diego tried to rush in, you know, Matthews was just able to tag him. Matthews wins that second round, 20 to 18. Round three, Diego attempts a Masvidal flying knee to start the round. It was horrible. Oh, uh, oh, it, was, <laughs> it was one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Like, I get my knee up higher. But Matthew drops Diego within the first 45 yeah. seconds with an overhand right. Jake rides out the round on top, throwing ground and pound. When the opportunity presents itself, Diego threatens with an armbar slightly, but, you know, Matthew's just able to slide his arm right out. His elbow pass really quickly. And outside of that, it was a one-sided round. Uh, I gave that round uh, 10-8 for Matthews. And a lot of judges, actually, every single judge did as well. Matthews, uh, or sorry, the three judges and myself all scored this 30-26 for Matthews. Obviously, yeah. Jake Matthews beats Diego Sanchez by unanimous decision. Now, before we get into this future prelim, let's talk about this real quick. Diego Sanchez is obviously a veteran of this sport. He's a pioneer. He was yeah. the first ultimate fighter. He's done. Well, there's still I'm sorry. There's still three fights in his contract. They can give him fights. They can give him fights in prelims like that against maybe some opponents that he can perform well, you know. He didn't get knocked knocked out in this fight like he he's not getting the performances like Rashad Evans was getting, you know, in his last True. run. So he's fighting. He's still in this fight. Do he look like? Do he look like his he aged and that he? up to Matt Sarah saying, hey, you know, I heard you were talking shit about me and my techniques on your podcast. And Matt Sarah goes, bro, I don't even know who the fuck you are. It was hilarious. He's going over there looking to, you know, get his name out there and to get some respect. And Matt yeah. Sarah is just Matt Come Sarah. On, like, you don't, you don't go person. to Matt Sarah. Yeah, you don't go to <laughs> Matt Sarah with this. But, you know, what's crazy that the story of this fight, the story of this fight wasn't even the fight at all. The story of this fight was Diego Sanchez getting his name called out by Conor McGregor for a fight. Yeah, that's crazy. Conor I, is on, on, on another one right now. Uh, I don't even understand the call out of Diego Sanchez. What do you win from that? I, I don't know if he's even handling his social media or he's giving it to his to his son or he's giving it to someone else because the things that he's getting po he's posting. Doesn't make sense at all. The UFC has now officially offered him a fight against Dustin Poirier. Both of the guys uh, have said that they are, you know, willing to accept the fight. Uh, Connor obviously is willing to accept it, but on his terms, he wants to yeah. do it outside of the UFC. He wants to do it for charity, and he doesn't want to do anything that has to do with the UFC. Uh, I don't really understand his stance there, especially when you look at the company as a whole. It's really made him what he is. So I, I don't get that. 
but we could talk about Connor all day long. Let's get back into these yeah, fights. Let's go back. Yeah. Featured prelim of the night, Brad Riddell takes on Alexa De Silva round one. De Silva hits a perfect double leg early in the round, controlling the scrambling very well, making Riddell carry his weight. Brad gets back to his feet and then has a very nice guillotine slapped on. Riddell's able to scramble out of the submission, but De Silva still controls the rest of the round on top. De Silva winning that round 10-9. Round two, this round was much closer. Riddell was landing some good knees to the body. De Silva had a very nice switch kicks going in there. Towards the end of the round, though, Riddell scores a takedown, which really secures him that round 19-19. Uh, there was a lot of 1990s coming into this uh, you know, third round, and I love those type of fights because it really just shows that you know guys are willing to go in there and do whatever yeah. it takes. Brad Riddell controls the round when it comes to the striking exchanges, landing on every single time they threw in a combination. He was landing first. Riddell out striking De Silva 35 to 28 in the round. Riddell 29 28. The decision. Brad Riddell beats Alexa De Silva by unanimous decision. A very good fight for Brad. Very close fight in the beginning, but Brad actually had the the skills and the ability to to get the W by winning those two yeah, last rounds. Overcome the bad round, and it really shows the type of fighter he is, and he's growing even more every time we see him in the octagon. And I would not even say a bad round for him. I would say maybe a great round for yes. Alex, because he didn't lose that round. It was a tie, but, you know, he really stepped over in those two last rounds, and, yeah, very, very solid performance by him. Now, getting into the main card, Hakeem Dewadu versus Zawara Trukugov. Featherweight division round one. Both guys started the round slow. You can tell they respect each other's abilities. Hakeem outstrikes Trukarov 13 to 10, but Zubara lands the bigger shots, in my opinion. Yeah. Trukarov wins that round 10-9. Round two, both guys, again, look good on their feet. Dewadu landing on all three levels, and Takarov uh, counting very good. Uh, he was able to counter him, you know, just uh, multiple, multiple occasions. Dewadu was overextending himself with his punches, and Takarov was literally piecing him up with that. Takarov lands a takedown at the end of the round, which probably gives him the edge. Takarov, in my opinion, is now up 20 to 18. Now, in, in my opinion, and obviously his opinion, he just won two rounds. That's that's the fight, no matter how you look at it. But So, obviously, Takarov coasts this round, consistently backing up. Uh, he shoots for a couple takedowns, couldn't land any of them. Hakeem looks very good. It's just, it, it seemed like he was a little too too little, too little, too late. Takarov winning the fight, in my opinion, 29-28. Here's where things get a little interesting. Hakeem Duwadu wins the split decision. Uh, I, I see it. I can understand where they gave it to him. But it, 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 if you look at the numbers in the first round, Hakeem does outstrike Zabara. Yeah. But if you look at the 10 strikes that Zabara lands, compared to the 13 that Hakeem does, Hakeem lands, I believe, four or five leg kicks. Zabara was landing 10 solid head strikes. Yeah, I agree with you. So, so in my opinion, Takarov won round one. Round two, he won it with a takedown. Coast for round three. I don't understand this calling. Well, I don't know. Do you think that the takedown was enough to win the second round? Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, when you look at the fight, I thought at that point before the takedown, that round was super even. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that the, that third round really is the reason why Zubara actually didn't win this fight because it was 
it was a close fight because it was more about number of strike against well, I don't uh, think he great took strike. one step forward the entire time in that third round. So that's that's an issue. And his striking he, looked really well. Or in uh, the first two rounds, at least. Yes, but the third round, I don't know if it's a cardio issue or, uh, or what was going on, but in the, in the third round, he didn't perform well at all. But it was a close fight. I can see how people think that Zubaira actually won this fight. Uh, Hakeem, do, 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 uh, did he deserve the win? I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure about how to judge this fight because when you, when you, when you see the third round, you give it to Hakeem. And yes. Zubaira, you, there is no round that you can actually give him clearly. You know what I mean? For sure. 100%. So it's what, it's, it is what it is. He he. I think that he messed up in that third round, really, because if he went good in that third if round, he just makes it semi-competitive. Exactly. Maybe he would have won that uh, split decision, or at least get 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 the draw. But the the third round really, really, really is the reason why he lost. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Good performance by both men. Super excited to see where they go in the featherweight division. Caitlin Vieira takes on Sajara Eubanks in the women's bantamweight division. Round one, Caitlin looks good in the first round. She's able to get a takedown, which gives her the edge in the round. The striking exchanges were slightly in favor for Vieira's too. Vieira wins at round 10-9. Round two, Vieira gets a takedown early in the round, working on the ground and pound, but the ref stands him up. Uh, I don't agree with that stand-up. It was a strange situation for me because she was working and she was able to get herself in a dominant position. And it's not like she was just laying there. Uh, I don't understand it, but whatever. Vera still outstrikes Eubanks at the, you know, at the end of the round. Vera 20-18. to 18. Round three, Eubanks lands some solid body kicks this round. Uh, or sorry, strikes this round. Uh, but it's just not enough. Vera has already really won the fight at that point. And she's just having her way with Sajara on the on the feet. Has some huge advantages on the ground. This round is much more even, obviously, but Vera still wins the round, in my opinion. Vera thirty to twenty seven, and obviously Caitlin Vera wins. Uh, she beats Sajara Eubanks by unanimous decision. I thought it was a pretty one sided performance before her loss to Irene Aldana. I thought that Caitlin Vera was going to be the lady who would take out Amanda Nunes. Uh. Well, take out, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Maybe fighting against Amanda Nunes would be the proper proper word. I don't think that she would be able to beat Amanda Nunes. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's no one who actually can beat her, I believe, in this. Uh, shout out to Coca-Cola, our sponsor. Uh, I don't think that uh, she can actually... There's no one who can beat Amanda. But in this fight, you said 30-27. That's your opinion. Uh, it actually was 29-28. She lost that third round, but... She knew that she did enough in those two first rounds. What do you mean, no? She didn't win the last round. They're high. Well, I'm not. I'm just. I'm telling you. What, well, with the way, with some with some body strikes. I'm not sure. They gave her the third round, uh, so they gave her the third round. Now, did maybe she didn't do what she did in those two first rounds to actually really give her the, that win in that third round. But in any event, she won. So who cares? Who, At the end of the day, I'm just glad that was the last time we had to use the judges all night. I agree with you. It was weird. It was a weird night, but uh, everybody was just waiting for the co-main cool event and the main event. Let's be honest, okay? This it was card, a great night of fights. So, I mean, if you really look at it as a whole, yeah. it was a, a, a solid B. 
after those two ladies put on a great performance, Kai Kira France and Brandon Royville go out there and put on the fight of the night in the men's flyweight division round one. These guys come out swinging. Kai Kira France rocks Brandon Royville. But then Roy Vall hits uh, Kai Kira with a huge spinning nail back elbow. Uh, it was a beautiful fucking display of striking right there. He hits Kai with a knee to the chest. Looked like it hit him in the head at first. Luckily, they didn't stop that. Then on the ground, they scrambled. Roy Vall controlling those exchanges. Roy Vall hits Kai with a clean knee for a second time. Both guys landing strikes at, towards the end of the round. It was a crazy uh, fucking hellacious first round. Revolve wins the round 10-9. One of the best rounds I've seen all year. Yeah, it was a be- beautiful, beautiful first round. Uh, too bad that there wasn't a crowd. I feel like people would get they really hyped crazy. up. It would have been crazy and like the hype would get into that co-main event and main event because they really, really, really delivered really great, sure. great performance by both guys. Round two, these two go at it yet again. With 30 seconds into the round, Royval slaps on a standing guillotine and submits Kai Kira France. Brandon Royval submits Kai Kira France 48 seconds into the second round. Flyweight division, you have a scary contender on your hand. Brandon Royval is now... 2-0 in the UFC, taking out former title challengers uh, Mr. Tim Elliott, now taking out Kai Kira France. This guy is on a roll right now. Uh, Factory X, uh, Mark Montoya was in his fucking corner. Our good friend Alexander Hernandez was there as well. This was the type of fight you needed before these two title fights. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Ariel Hawani said that, thank God that this, div- this division didn't went down because... Yes. When you see type of this fights like that, you you really thank God that Dana White actually changed his mind and didn't delete the the, the division. Great great performance by Brandon and great uh, performance also by Kai uh, by uh, France. Uh, they both dudes uh, killed it. They went fireworks. They both went went at it. They both wanted to not only win this fight, but both of them wanted to finish the fight. Yeah, they were Early, a bull throwing yeah. with reckless abandonment. I mean, uh, like I said, Kai dropped Brandon in the very first round, uh, very early in that round, too. Royvel hits a hit, very beautiful spinning back elbow. If you haven't seen that round, like I said, yeah. it's probably one of the best rounds that I've seen in a very long time. Probably the best round of the year, even better than any of the Joanna Yon rounds. I think if that one would have went five rounds, we would be talking about five of the year. Yeah, I agree. I kind of agree with you. Then maybe you will have to compare it to some. But yeah, it was definitely one of the best rounds of the year. And uh, maybe one of the best rounds in this division ever, maybe. Yeah, 100%. In the co-main event, Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakovich for the UFC light heavyweight title. The vacated UFC light heavyweight title. It is round yeah. one. Both guys come out and are very patient. Reyes is circling away from Jan's power. But Jan is able to throw a nice body kick as he's circling. So he's circling away from Jan's right hand and eating huge left leg kicks to the body. Uh, you could tell there was a big welt on the right side of Reyes's, you know, body. It, it really, it really made a huge red mark. You could tell like, there was feet marks in it and everything. It was ridiculous. Jan lands the more effective strikes. Obviously, Jan Blakovich winning that round 10-9. Round two, Jan starts really landing big shots throughout this round. Reyes is having a hard time finding his range. He's missing a lot. Jan hits a quick 2-1 combo and drops Reyes, finishing him on the ground. Jan Blakovich is your new UFC light heavyweight champion, beating Dominic Reyes by TKO. Four minutes and 38 seconds into the second round. 
winning himself a performance of the night's bonus and gold to take back to Polish man. Polish power is a real thing. And that dude is dangerous. Personally, I really felt like Jan Blachowicz wanted to win this fight more than Dominic Reyes. That's what I, that's what, and it's sad, but that's what I feel like maybe everyone seen after this fight Maybe Dominic Reyes, he still had John Jones in his in his head, and that that wasn't good. I feel like Dominic Reyes maybe thought that this was like his first title defense, maybe in his head or whatever. Jan Blachowicz didn't give a fuck at all. He just went there and for the kill, and we saw that those leg kicks were painful, and he hits hard. He hits real hard. Ask ask uh, uh, Luke Rockhold if he hits hard. He really, really, really hits hard. Is he awake yet? Uh, Luke, I don't know. The last last Corey time I Anderson checked, realized he hit so hard he went to Bellator. Exactly. Uh, there is he. He's no joke. Maybe Jan Blachowicz. Maybe he didn't make a lot of noises. People didn't Bro, he's know. Maybe called out John Jones and DC. Yeah, but I'm t- I'm talking like before this fight. Maybe people thought that maybe yeah, he's just maybe a journeyman or whatever. He's no journeyman. He is now the for me. It's an interim title because. If you don't beat John Jones, you never you never champ really in this division. But uh, congratulations to him! Great, great, great performance by him. Well, Jan was able to do in two rounds what Jones couldn't do in five. Yeah, but fights are different. You know, you know what I mean. No, this is definitely a different Reyes for sure. Yeah. Reyes against Jones is much more aggressive, much more assertive in the early rounds. It really looked like he was just waiting to get going. That was the performance of his life, and I think that maybe, maybe we would never see uh, the same Dominic Reyes that we saw against John Jones because he he really took it, like he really gave everything he got in that fight, and I think that maybe he should have waited maybe a little, maybe he should have a little waited a little bit more because he's he wasn't I feel ready for another fight. Speaking of somebody waiting to get ready, let's go in this main car, main event. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa for the UFC middleweight title. Round one, Izzy come out strong, eating up Costa's league leg. Costa's leg is starting to show signs yeah. of wear. Paulo didn't do much. Uh, maybe he's still trying to save his gas tank for later on in the rounds. You've seen him gas before when he gets to the third round. So maybe he was just trying to save his tank for the championship rounds, but... I just, I really, I, I didn't understand what he was doing at that point. Adesanya, 10-9, that round, obviously. Round two, Adesanya starts eating the late leg again. At the start of the round, he's mixing up his strikes very well, landing all, all three levels. He had a nice little question mark kick that landed on Costa as well. Izzy, you know, he hits Paulo Costa with a right hook-left cross combo that drops Costa. He jumps all over on top of him, pounding him and then pounding his ass as soon as he was done. The ref <laughs> stepped in. Israel Adesanya finished Paulo Costa by a TKO three minutes and 59 seconds into the second round. And still UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, wins the performance of the night bonus. Uh, what a beautiful performance by him. We're still waiting for Paulo to, to, to do anything. Uh, Izzy literally did whatever he wanted to him before and after this fight. Well, I want to ask you as actually questions because who's the one that actually is the more trash talker, who is like the more flamboyant, who actually taunt people? Is it? It's easy, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's easy. Why the did Paulo Costa ever throw taunts in his career? I don't think so. Maybe against, maybe not even against Romero. If I'm not, if I'm not sure, 
if I'm not wrong. It seemed like he was just pushing forward against Romero. So why the fuck in the most important fight of his career, in the main event of UFC Fight Island, all he did was throwing taunts and doing the Romero thing or whatever, doing this shit. Why are you doing this? This is the fight of your life. I didn't understand it. And I, I loved Izzy. I loved Izzy. I loved how Izzy was, like, from the get-go, from the first seconds, he was in the fight. He was focused. No bullshit. No, no, no thing. Like, leg kicks. He was, he was here, you know? Like, Izzy was here. He knew that it wasn't an easy fight. He knew that he needs to be focused 100% to not get caught by, by a random striker or whatever by Bauer Costa. But Costa, you know that when you fight against a guy like Izzy, you need to make him respect you. And by making him respect you, you need to put pressure. You need to make the fight dirty. And you need at least to, you know, you, you need to do what Kelvin did. You need to make the fight a dog fight. You need fight. to be in his face. You need to be in his face. and, and Don't not... let him just do whatever he wants. Don't let him he... stand at his range and literally throw at will at you. There's no one who can actually be uh, even close to him when it comes to technique. So don't turn it into a technical fight. I was so disappointed by Paulo Costa. His performance was sloppy. And then now he's saying, he's talking shit. He's saying that, that, that Adesanya disrespected him. And he's still disrespecting him in Instagram for sure, and he should be disrespecting him because you know why? You don't throw taunts during the fight. You throw this shit before and after the fight. Who cares? Yeah, he got humped. He's yeah, he literally got humped. embarrassed his shit right now. And uh, Izzy's performance was amazing. Izzy beat Belichick. his ass. Looked and like then he shit. beat his ass. He looked like shit, Paulo Costa. But I have to uh, agree with you. Like I said, I'm still waiting for him to start. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Paulo to start. I don't even know what the fuck he was thinking about, what his game plan was. Eric said that he has the master plan to beat the entire team, and you couldn't even beat the the biggest and most important guy. Now you want to talk about coming after Volkanovski next, and is he's talking about he's going to come all over your face? Uh, I just I don't understand the game plan. I don't under I I get maybe trying to save his gas tank for the later rounds, but if no, you can't get through the second that. round, what's the point? It wasn't even that. I feel like it wasn't even getting uh, waiting for, for, for like for the last rounds because well, what are you waiting for? Let's imagine. Let's just imagine that Easy didn't finish him. Do you think that Easy actually got tired by just throwing uh, those strikes? Not at all. So Easy didn't look like he even broke a sweat. It, yeah, exactly. And it's sad that there's there's actually no breakdown to do when it comes to this fight because. Nothing happened. Paulo Costa didn't show up and Izzy just destroyed him. Now, I really, 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 I'm really excited about that Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier because yes. Robert, Robert, I know that maybe he will not win against Izzy in a rematch, but at least he will, like, he will give his, his best. And Jared, I, I, I actually want Jared to be the one fighting against uh, Izzy because what I love about Jared, because he is maybe the only one who didn't respect uh, old Anderson Silva in his last fights. Everyone who fought against Anderson Silva been respecting him, been, been waiting on him. When you see Derek Brunson, when you see Easy, even Easy respected uh, Anderson Silva in his fight. Jared, Easy, Kennedy, like Jared just destroyed Not his leg. He don't, he don't give a fuck. And that's what I love about Jared. I know that Jared, if he fights against Easy, there's no respect. 
like maybe disrespect like before the fight and after the fight but when it comes to the when it comes to when the when, cage door is locked exactly, this is an animal that comes out I exactly i don't give a fuck who you are i don't give a fuck about your name i'm here to win so that's what i think that should be that would be a very very exciting fight before we get into the future, let's get back to UFC 253. I want you to give me your big three biggest takeaways from the event. Uh, not, pers- not your best performances, but your three biggest takeaways. Uh, biggest takeaways, the, the fact that Paulo Costa didn't show up at all. That for me was a big takeaway. Uh, Diego Sanchez, even though nothing happened uh, particularly or whatever, just having him and seeing his coach for me is... It will always be weird. <laughs> I, I actually want to see Diego Sanchez against Mike Perry, one coach and versus one coach. Mike Perry with his chick, Diego Sanchez with also his chick as a coach. That would be amazing. And uh, yeah, and the, the third thing, I don't know, maybe the uh, Kaikara France uh, fight against uh, Brendan. Well, it was a great fight, but. I I have to tell you, uh, this card was good. It was a decent card, but for me, it was just that. It was just decent. Listen, my biggest three takeaways, Israel Adesanya striking, like I've said before, is on a completely different level. And every time he fights, I just think, you know, him beating Jones is just more realistic, more realistic. Brandon Roy Vall is a serious contender in the UFC's flyweight division. And I can't wait to see what's next for this young man. And they go all the way back to early prelims. Juan Espino is going to be a big, big challenger in this heavyweight division. When you have grappling like that on your side, it's hard, hard to find somebody who could beat you. Yeah, especially in this division. Three best performances tonight. Easy for sure, easy, and it should be your also, you know, because sometimes we like we like to not have the same one, but easy, one hundred percent. It was he, his performance was amazing. I will go with the the fight of the night also because both fighters really deserves and uh, really deserves it. And for the third one, I will maybe say, uh, maybe. I would say with uh, Ludovic Klein maybe because uh, it was a good finish. I feel like the highlight. Nice. It was a it was a highlight. He, his I lo- I love it when the nickname actually matched the fighter and at in this time it really did. Caitlin Vieira is on her way to challenging for that women's bantamweight title. I can't wait to see what she's able to do. Uh, super excited to see her. Brad Riddell had a huge come from behind victory after losing the first round, was able to yeah. win the next two and win the fight. Jan Blakovich, man, is a serious 205-pound champion. Uh, John Jones is gone now. It's Jan's turn to rule this division, and he can hold it for a while. He can. He can. He, he actually had the ability to do it. Anything else on UFC 253? Um, like I said, overall, it was a decent card. Maybe maybe the problem with me was that the, the fact that the main event did, wasn't really what I wanted to see. But it is what it is. Easy, it was, it was one, of, one of his best performances ever. He, like, I don't want to take anything uh, out of it because, because Costa didn't show up. Easy performance was... was Amazing, and uh, I actually agree with DC when uh, he's saying that it's time. It's time for John Jones against Easy. Yeah, I like I said, I think the more and more I watch Izzy, the more and more I see him dismantle foes. 
I, I really think him beating John Jones is a reality. Now let me ask you this: Would you rather see John Jones at heavyweight or John Jones against uh, Izzy? I'd rather see John Jones versus Izzy at heavyweight. Oh no, that's too much. You, listen, Israel Adesanya has kicked box at heavyweight before. He's willing to jump up to heavyweight. He's already talked about it before. Yeah, but you you jump from from middleweight to heavyweight without even fighting at light heavyweight. Maybe not, you know, listen, say Izzy takes the rest of this year off, prepares his body for International Fight Week, and him and Jones fight a heavyweight at International Fight Week. Izzy, Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I, I, I think it's a great fight. Adesanya time is his friend, you know what I mean? Because the more he waits, the more John Jones gets older, and the more he has chance for winning. His the fight. more he looks normal. Yeah, the more he looks Human. normal, so... But I would love to see it at light heavyweight. Maybe I think that jumping from middleweight to heavyweight would be a huge, huge, huge difference. MMA, I just don't want to MMA stop Jones' progress at heavyweight. MMA is different from uh, kickboxing, you know, and a heavy John Jones would maybe would make it maybe a little bit easy for him to grapple against uh, easy at heavyweight. True that, true that. Well... That about wraps it up for UFC 253. I'm super excited for this next one. Holmes versus Aldana is finally happening here on Fight Island. Now, listen, this fight doesn't, this card doesn't have a lot of big names on it. But when you really look at them, there's some great matchups. Carlos Conda is on the prelims. Crazy when you really think about that. Jordan Williams just won his UFC contract. Loma Lugbume is one of my favorite fighters. And Casey yeah. Kenny, man, can't can't blink when Casey Kenny fights. The dude is fast, phenomenal, and he's literally tearing up the UFC right now. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. This about wraps it up for UFC 253. Thank you, thank you very much, Wally Wall, and let's uh, get another one going right now. Peace. <laughs> 